0: Okay, so today's daf is Sama Chumadet in Pesachim. We're just going to start from the very uh, last line of Sama Chalafamudet because we rushed through it a little bit quickly, uh, concluding yesterday. So this will just put everything in perspective as we're, you know, so that we can um, see the flow of, of the discussion. So it says this Ashi. So it's El Rav Ravashi was talking about Rabban Chista have a discussion about a person who slaughters the Korban Pesach, and when he's slaughtering the Korban Pesach, he's thinking about the throwing of the blood. And he's thinking, I'm going to throw the blood for the arelim, for the uncircumcised people. And so that was the discussion that we had yesterday. Does that, is that a problem? Is it not a problem? According to Rav Chizda, according to Rabbi. So Rabbi, she said, no, really everybody agrees that uh, the only time that there's a problem when you do the Shakhita, and you're doing it for a group uh, that has arelim, is only if everybody is, is is uncircumcised. But if there's just some people in that group that are uncircumcised, that does not invalidate these. The, so if you have like group A and it contains a few people that are uncircumcised, you know whatever. And so you have in mind that you are uh, you are performing the shechita for uh, for them and for the you know for the entire group. That's not going to be a problem. And he also says that if you when you perform the shechita, have in mind. Only for the uncircumcised people in the group, then for sure it is a problem, right? In other words, if you have only in mind for the uncircumcised people in the group, or in mind, then it's going to be a problem. If you have in mind for everybody in the group, it's not going to be a problem. However, Ravashi says, what is the real argument then between Rav Chisda and Rabah? It's not about those cases, because the case where you have in mind for just the people in the group who are Arelim, or you have in mind for a group that is mixed, that's okay. Right, and if you have in mind for a group that is purely areleim, then then everyone agrees it's not okay. So what's the issue? They're arguing about a different issue, which is. The, the fact that you can only bring a korban for somebody who's included in the korban, which means when you bring a korban, it can only be to fulfill the obligation of somebody who has a relationship with, the, with that korban. But now it's for somebody else. So Rashi explains that this is a change in how we've understood the discussion up till now, because up till now we're talking about people who are part of the group, who were signed up for the Korban Pesach, but it turned out that they were, they were uncircumcised, and either you had in mind for the whole group, or you had in mind for just them. Now we're, we're taking it down a notch, or up a notch, depending on how you look at it, and we're saying that we're talking about arelim that are not part of the group at all. Now we know that if you slaughter the Korban Pesach having in mind people who are not part of the group at all... Right, people who are not included in the group. So that, for sure, is invalidates. If you think I'm only throwing the blood for this group of people who are not part of the group, okay. When you do the slaughtering, you think I'm doing this. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be throwing the blood and having in my. I'm. Uh, you know, the Rubinstein's Rubenstein. of the Goldsteins. Okay. <laughs> I'm saying if he has in mind, not limnuyav. Right, <laughs> that's what we're talking about. So he's saying if he has in mind not limbniyah. So when he when he slaughters the korban, the slaughtering is saying the shechita is done for the Goldsteins. They're the people who bought the, who really are supposed to be. But the, when I throw the blood, I feel bad. The, the, the Rubensteins are not religious and they didn't sign up for a korban Pesach. So I'm going to have in mind for them that they you know that fulfills their mitzvah when I throw. So if he does that. That's for people who are not minuyav. And if, you're, if your intention is purely for them, you're saying the Zurika is purely for them, for the Rubensteins, that is a problem, and that, that's the issue at hand. But what's the issue? They're uncircumcised people. In other words, if, you, if they were not uncircumcised, for sure it would be a problem. Because if they're not uncircumcised, that means that they could have signed up for this korban, but they didn't sign up for the korban. And, and, you're, and you're therefore giving away the zrikav, the korban, to a group that is not part of the korban. But the question is, what if they, in addition to not signing up, they're also uncircumcised? So that is the case, Ravashi says, is really the case of the debate. That if you had in mind for a group that was completely had no connection to this Korban Pesach, but there was nothing else wrong with them, they just weren't signed up for this Korban Pesach, so that would invalidate the Korban Pesach. But since your idea here is for a group that couldn't be part of the Korban Pesach, because they're uncircumcised, so Rav comes along and says, look, when does having in mind for the wrong kind of person invalidate the korban. When does having in mind for a group that didn't sign up invalidate the korban? Only in a case where they could have signed up because they're not arelim, because they're not uncircumcised. But here these people are uncircumcised, so they can't even be part of the korban. So when you had in mind, oh, I'm doing this for the Rubensteins, I feel bad for them, so when I throw the blood, I'm thinking of the Rubensteins. It's not going to matter because the Rubensteins are not circumcised. So they wouldn't be able to have the korban anyway. It's not like you're assigning the Korban to a group that could have been on the Korban and was not, right? However, Rav Chisdaz says that <laughs> He says, look, the Rubensteins, they might not be circumcised right now, but they could always call Rabbi Shub and take care of that problem. That's a, that's a fixable problem, right? So it's a fixable problem. So therefore... You could say that, yeah, it's true that right now, this moment, they're uncircumcised. But that's a problem we can fix. So maybe since it could be fixed, so they really are contenders still to be participants in the Korban Pesach. And you have to be a contender for it to matter. In other words, if you, if you slaughter the Korban and you have two intentions in mind. I'm slaughtering this for the Goldsteins, okay? But I'm, I'm going to throw the blood for non-Jews. It's not relevant. They're not part of the, they're not part of the category of, uh, uh, of Korban Pesach. So that, that intention is invalid. But here we're dealing with a case that is more questionable because these people could simply go get circumcised and then they would be okay. So Rabbi is saying since right now they are uncircumcised, the intention related to them, we don't even look at it. Okay, Yehudim are they're, are, they are all are Yehudim are They are all arelim. They are Yudim. arelim. are together or is it irrelevant? For this case. They weren't signed up. The point is that they have two strikes against them. They're not signed up. They're not signed up. And they're in uncircumcised. So if you had intent for people who are not signed up, purely for people who are not signed up, I'm saying when you do the shita, you think this Rikaz being done. This is how Rashi interprets it at least, okay? When you when you slaughter the Korban, you're thinking, when I throw the blood, I'm having in mind only for the Rubensteins. Okay? The uncir- the, the, they're not signed up. But the, it's not only that they're not signed up, they're also uncircumcised. Okay? So therefore, they, they wouldn't even be able to participate. So Rabbi is saying, so just forget about that. Th- that intention is totally nonsense. That's like saying you did it for the Smurfs, okay? They're just non-existent. They have nothing to do with it, okay? On the other hand, you could say that, uh, no, since they could simply go get fixed, you know, have that problem fixed, so maybe they are really... Uh, the- so that's the machloket between the two of them. According to Ravashi. Now, so now the question is like this. Does, in general, th- that's implying that according to Rav Chisda, since they have the potential to uh, get circumcised, it's as if they were already circumcised. But is that true? In general, we find that Rav Chisda doesn't look at potential as real. Because Va'itma, we learned earlier, actually, even uh, a couple of the pima go. If a person bakes or cooks from Yom Tov for the weekday, Rav Chisda, Rav Chistah says you whip the guy for doing that because you're not allowed to do that. Rabba says no. Because Rabbah says look, if you know, he's cooking on Yom Tov and his, his intent is for after Yom Tov, which that's wrong, but the thing is, if guests show up on Yom Tov afternoon, so he'll serve it to them. So, so maybe, maybe some, So, since there's the potential to eat it on Yom Tov, you can't really, di- you know, discount the possibility he'll eat it on Yom Tov. so we can't whip him because we can't say that action is definitely not going to benefit you on Yom Tov because maybe someone's going to show up. You're going to serve it to them. But Rav said no. Potential and actual are not the same thing. Bottom line is right now when you're doing it. You're intending for after the holiday. You're cooking on the holiday because you have a day off. So you're cooking it for the next day. You're not You're not thinking guests are going to come. Okay, so maybe guests will come. But that's not what you're thinking right now. So potential is not the same as actual. So why when it comes to Brit Milah, he's saying, oh, the potential that the guy has to get circumcised means that we basically see him as a candidate for the Korban Pesach, even though he didn't do it yet. And since he's an invalid candidate, it ruins the Korban Pesach. Right? Why is he saying that? Over here he says that we don't care about, oh, maybe there, there's a potential, right? So la It's no problem with Rabbah. Because so why does Rabbah not care about the potential to get circumcised? He says the person who's not circumcised is considered not circumcised. I don't care that he could call him oil and get circumcised. It doesn't matter. And over here, by Yom Tov, he's saying that we look at the potential. We say, well, since people could show up and eat the food, it's not really considered for weekday. Maybe somebody will show up in the afternoon. So why is that not a contradiction? Because There's a big difference. When it comes to Brit Milah, there's a process. You have to go, you have to find somebody who's going to do it. Here, you're cooking the food. The food is ready. If somebody shows up in one second from now, they can eat it. Right? So actually, like, potentially you're prepared. If you get hungry and you change your mind, you'll eat it on Yom Tov. So it's, it's, it's there already. Uh, Brit Milah is a different thing. You have a whole procedure that you have to go through in order to remove the uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the foreskin and all this. That's a whole totally different thing. So he's going to say, by Brit Milah, a person who's uncircumcised is uncircumcised. It's not like, it's not like everything automatically is just going to make him circumcised. He has to go through a process. With the food, he's cooking the food. Once the food is cooked, of course, somebody could show up and eat it. Okay, so that's a different story. But with Rav Chisda, it's a problem. Why? When it comes to Brit Milah, he says, if you're not circumcised, we look at you as if you have the potential to be circumcised, so there it's, therefore it's like you're circumcised. But when it comes to Yom Tov, he doesn't, he doesn't uh, adopt that idea. So it says, Ho'il is the term for since, meaning potential, potential is like real, He only says that for a leniency. Right? right? But it says, he so, okay, it says, it says he's only, He only doesn't like that idea when it's a leniency. In other words, when it comes to Yom Tov, he's not going to say, Well, since there's always the possibility that maybe people will come over and eat the food, so even if you're cooking it for the weekday, we'll give you a pass. He's not going to be lenient and confuse potential with real, with actual. When it comes to a, uh, a leniency, when it comes to a stringency, since you're uncircumcised, since you have the potential to be circumcised, you know what? We're going to err on the side of caution and be strict and say you're considered like you're circumcised already. And therefore, since you weren't on this Korban Pesach and it was slaughtered for you, it's going to invalidate it? The examples of one of me do right of me the Rabbanan. Right, so yeah, so it's, also, it's not the Rabbanan. Why the Rabbanan? This the circumcision, the Korban Pesach is... Uh Writer, yeah, it's right? from the Torah. The the to to, uh, he's saying it is biblical. Cause so yeah. oh. he's saying you get whipped for it. Yeah, he's oh. saying so get whipped for it. Yeah, so he must think so. Yeah, I, I mean the Tosafot here says, oh, maybe it's only the Rabbanan. a Rabban, but, but the simple things he's saying you get whipped, so he must think it's real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <speaking in the Bible> we have the following bright here that's a little unclear. We saw it earlier. Right? He says, So, the son of uh, We're talking about a group, a group that has some people that are Tamei in it, a group that has some people that, ha- that are uncircumcised in it, and they're all part of the Goldstein party. Okay? Right. Some are, the Goldstein party has, you know, a few people that they're not circumcised. Most of them are, let's say. Right? Or a few people are Tamei in the group. Uh, most of them are, uh, are Taur. So we said that just like we don't say because there's a, a presence of uh, of a few people who are tameh, it makes the whole group considered tme'im. We don't. So if it was slaughtered for that group, even though a few of them won't actually be able to eat it, the group as a whole is okay. So we say the same thing about if even though there's 10 people listed on the Korban Pesach, if three of them are uh, uncircumcised, it doesn't invalidate, right? That's what it said. Well R- doesn't agree with it. Well, th- no, everybody agrees with that. Oh, that be uh, Because we were talking about when they exclusively slaughtered it for people oh, who, are, who, are, who had two things against them. They were arelim and also they weren't part of the group. So it, 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 there, were, there were two steps removed, right? So what kind of Tum'ah is talking about there? If you're talking about some of the people in the group were Tum'ah, which is what I just explained it as, because that's what it seems like. All right? What does it mean we don't make part like whole? That if you have four or five of Tum'ah, four or five Tum'ah, right? So that means we don't say the whole group is thrown out. The Goldsteins, Korban, Pesach is invalid because half of them are Tum'ah. We don't say that. Right, but we also say that if part of the group is arelim, part of them are not circumcised, we don't throw it out. It's right, if you slaughtered the Korban Pesach for both arelim and also mulim, for people who have Brit milah uh, and people who are uncircumcised, we will say that uh, it's okay because the group is a mixed group, right? A mixed group is okay, but then the question is this, There's something weird about the Braita because it says, it, it, it learns from the case of Tum'ah to the case of Uncircumcised. Meaning, it's assuming that, oh, well, obviously, even though part of the group is Tamei, that doesn't make the whole group be considered invalid. The rest of the people who are in the group can still eat from that Korban Pesach. They just want to ha- be sharing it with the people that are tamay. Uh So, s- just like that, so too uh, if part of the group is uncircumcised. Why is it more obvious in the case of Tum'ah that we don't extend the identity of the few to the identity of the group? Why is it more obvious that they're saying, oh, just like over there, we should also say by uncircumcised. Well, it no, sounds like the same thing. Circumcised, you can change. You just said it. You can change it. No, the, but that's different. They're already uncircumcised. They're not changed. We're saying that you, you did it and they're not changed. So why is the Braita saying, the Breitah assuming Tum'ah, the fact that a, a part of the group is tame, doesn't affect the whole group. Why is the fact that a part of the group is uncircumcised not affect the whole group also? Why is it not equally obvious? Meaning if you're saying that we don't look at the group as a whole and and say, well, if there's any bad element, we throw out the whole group. So what's the difference? Right? That's what Gemara is saying. We must be saying it's talking about the, f- the flesh of the korban, not the group. The group, yeah, it's the same thing. Whether part of the group is, uh, is invalid, that doesn't make the whole group invalid. It's talking about the meat. What it means is that when it comes to the korban, even though part of the korban became tamay, so you burn that part of the meat that became tamay and the rest of it you eat. That's what... What? It touched a share it, touched a person who was tame tasha. I don't know. Anyway, right? It became tame. So what if the meat became tame, it doesn't mean just because part of the meat became tame as long as it's cut up and it's not touching the other parts, meaning a piece of the it became tame so that, that doesn't make everything tame. Okay. Right so that that's the that's the point so so you're saying that when it says that we don't make just because part of the korban became invalid because it's just, it contracted to that doesn't mean that the whole thing becomes to automatically so too just because part of the group is uh is uncircumcised doesn't make the whole group uncircum- uh, uncircumcised so but what about the end of the brita the brita goes on and then says danin the sheino no bchol no bchol zmat it says we should draw an analogy between something that, that isn't applicable to all korbanot from something that also isn't applicable to all korbanot. Because we're saying that we should compare when you slaughter the korban for a person who is, for people who are tamay that invalidates the korban. You don't have that anywhere else. In other words, in any other case, if a person's Tamei, they could send their Korban with somebody else to the Beta Magdash to offer it. But, and, and they could fulfill the Mitzvah. They just can't eat from it, right? But in the case of, let's say you are tameh and you have to bring a Korban Ola. Send somebody else to bring it. You don't have to eat any of it anyway, right? So it, it doesn't make a difference. But in Korban Pesach, if you slaughter it for a group that is totally tameim or a group that is totally Arelim, it will become invalid, okay? So that, it's saying that's a special rule only for Korban Pesach. But that you if you eating. slaughtered it right, because it's connected to the eating, so the, so it had said, let's compare the case of because it was distinguishing between that and the case of having the intention of pigul when the when the kohen says I'm going to save a piece of this meat for past the deadline. Right? Even if he says that about one Kazayit, I'm going to say one Kazait it ruins the entire Korban. So I says, well, we're not going to compare to that because that's a law that applies to all Korbanot. Here we're talking about a law that's unique to Pesach. And just like we see the Tum'ah, the fact that some people in the Goldstein family are Tme'im doesn't mean they're all tme'im. The Same thing with uncircumcised, right? So now it says, umay Tum'ah. What case of Tum'ah is it talking about there? It's talking about a type of Tum'ah that only applies to Korban Pesach. Because it says we should learn from something that's unique to Korban Pesach. Right? So therefore, if it's talking about the flesh being tame, what do you mean it doesn't apply to all korbanot? Any korban, if the flesh becomes Tamay, it has to be burnt. There's no korban that you're allowed to keep once the meat becomes Tamay that's clear so that is something that applies to all korbanot so it can't be that when it talks about tum'ah here it's talking about the tum'ah of the meat of the korban because that is a law that applies to all korbanot and it's saying that it's a unique law we're comparing the case of a partially uncircumcised group to the case of tum'ah and we're comparing two things that only apply to the case of korban pesach meaning we're comparing a case where you have in mind for tameh people or you have in mind for areli we're not talking about the meat because the meat being tameh is a rule for all korbanot says no we must be talking about the people. So it makes sense that that there's a unique phenomenon here. That all other korbanot, you can always, as I said before, send a shaliach, Send somebody to bring the korban for you. You don't have to eat it. There's only two cases where that's not, that isn't, uh, uh, there's only only the case of Pesach rather, where you have the situation that a person has to be able to eat the Korban. He can't send, the Arel and the Tamei cannot send the Korban and have it done on their behalf. And and in fact, that's what Rashi says in Parshat Balot he quotes the rabbis that that was why, that was what the argument was of the people in the case of Pesach Sheni. In the case of Pesach Sheni, they said, we don't want to eat the Korban Pesach. We understand that we're Tameim. We just want to offer it, offer it on our behalf. Somebody else will eat it. In other words, they understood they can't eat it. But here we have a special thing that in Mishalchin, they can't even send the korban. So meaning that you, the korban cannot be done on behalf of someone who is arel v'tame. That's unique to Pesach. You don't have any other case like that. You can send a korban chatat when you're tame. You can send a korban olav when you're tame. You can even send a korban shlamim when you're tame and somebody else will eat it. It's no problem. Okay? Now, So according to this, the beginning of the bright, uh, that com- that you said was talking about the flesh of the korban. And now, but the end argument, where it's saying, don't learn from Tum'ah, which is a law that only applies to Korban Pesach. I mean, rather, no, learn from Tum'ah, that is a law that only applies to Korban Pesach. That can't be talking about the meat, because the meat, the law that Tame meat of a Korban has to be burned, it applies to everything. Right? So it must be talking about something unique to Pesach. So it says, Amalein, fine, Shem Tum'ah Kaparich. You're right. There are two different meanings of Tum'ah and the B'raithah. The first meaning was the, the, the Tum'ah of the flesh of the Korban. And there we say that just like if part of the flesh became Tamei, one of the limbs or whatever, we burn it. That doesn't mean the entire flesh now has to be disposed of. So too, when it comes to a, a group, just because part of the group is, uh, is uncircumcised doesn't mean the whole group is ruined. And in, this, in the latter part where it said, learn the law from something that's unique to Pesach to something that's unique to Pesach, it meant bringing the korban for the sake of people who are Tamei. Versus for the, t- for the sake of people who are uh, uncircumcised. And it was comparing those two cases. So in one case, it was talking about the meat of the korban. And in one case, it was talking about the people. That's all. But in, in both cases, it's talking about the idea of tumah. Just in one case, the tumah of the meat. In one case, the tumah of the people. But vi there's another way. We could even say that there's a law about the tumah of the flesh of a korban that is unique to korban Pesach. We didn't think of this before. Right, what is it, which which is umai and umay the ilu b'chol asvachim, right? That uh, because umay in no no ich b'chol what is the rule uh, that about tumah of the flesh of a korban that applies only to korban pesach? The ilu b'chol asvachim ben shnitma chelav ubasar kiyam ben shnitma basar chelav kiyam. So we get to dab vino b'pesach nitma the basic rule is that generally speaking, the korban has what's called two, well, it has a minimum of one akhilah one consumption. Meaning, a korban olah, for example, has only one consumption, which is what, what's okay. called akhilat right? Only the vizbeach. Only the. Other korbanot usually have some human eating. Every other korban besides the korban olah has some human eating. So shlamim, has the owners eat it. The Khatat has the Kohanim eat it. The Hashem has the Kohanim eat it. Right? Uh, Everything has somebody, a person eats it and the Mizbeach eats it. Okay? Korban Pesach... No, not... Some goes on the Mizbeach. Some is eaten by a person. It depends which parts. Right? No, not in Ola. Ola Ola means totally burnt. Ola is completely burnt. Yeah, Ola... Yeah, nothing. That's the only case. Everything is burnt. Okay? That's why they, they used to call it Lavdil. They used to, if you look at the old English translation from a hundred years ago, what did they call the Ola offering in English? In the old English translation, the Holocaust offering. If you look at that, that's what it's called total destruction. That's where the term comes from. Yeah, so now nobody would use that term, but that's what they used to call it. Now it took on a different meaning. But that was the that was the that was it used to say anyway. But oh, means total destruction. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's the, 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 So oh. olah is the total burning. So the so the, so the so, so olah doesn't now now korban pesach. So generally, what's the rule? As long as something can be salvaged from the korban to go on the mizbeach, we can still throw the blood. So let's say, for example, the kohen receives the blood of a korban shlamim and the parts that are supposed to go to the baalim, to so the owners, got became tamei. Fine, but you still have the parts that go on the Mizbeach, so you're allowed to complete the service. Or vice versa. Let's say the fats that are supposed to go on the Mizbeach became Tamei, but the flesh that the uh, that the, the owners are going to eat is still Tahor. Okay, so for the sake of that, you can throw the blood and uh, fulfill the mitzvah. Um, it, but the only exception is Korban Pesach. In the case of Korban Pesach, there has to be some meat left over. So if the, if the Chelev, Chelev is the code word for the things that go on the Mizbeach, if the Chalavim, are uh, become tameh, mm-hmm. so that's still okay because the owners could still eat the uh, Korban Pesach. But if the meat became tameh, here is the only case where if the meat became Tamei, even if the fats of the Korban are still around and they could still go on the Mizbeach, we don't allow you to complete the Korban Pesach because the whole essence of the Korban Pesach is for the people to eat it. <inaudible> they, they burn the whole thing then. They're not <inaudible> able to finish it. <inaudible> <inaudible> They would have to bring another one, or they would be stuck. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, you, that would be a practical issue, but, the, but in terms of the halakha, once the once the meat is destroyed is uh, Tamay rather, that's it with korban pesach. So that's a unique thing where the flesh becoming Tamay ruins the korban, even if the rest of the korban that could go on the mizbech is okay, right? So that and so we do have a unique case of the uh, of tumah in the case of korban pesach. If the meat becomes Tamay, it's ruined. I be- do throw the blood. Right. And they won't throw the blood. It becomes invalidated to begin with. So now there's no purpose. That's the point. Right? So so what are we talking about? We're saying that we're, that we're going to say that we're talking then about the tuma of the flesh of the Korban. But there's another part of the B'rita that we forgot to address. Because so far we, we showed that the first two parts we could say actually are talking about the meat of the Korban. And they're not talking about the people. And they're comparing unique cases where part of something is ruined and it doesn't necessarily extend to all of it. Right? So, uh, so now it says, With the, the Gemara wanted to, the wanted to say, wait a second, you're comparing the case of uh, Tum'ah to the case of, uh, of uncircumcised. You shouldn't do that. Why? Be- because the case of Tum'ah has exceptions. There are situations in which we override the rule of tumah. We never override the rule of uncircumcised. Uncircumcised is never over. Uh, is never we can never override pigul. There's never an exception to pigul. So maybe we should compare the case of pigul to the case of uncircumcised and say that just like pigul, even though you only had in mind that you were going to leave over one little piece of the Koban, it ruins the whole thing. We'll say that if there's even one person who's uncircumcised in the group, it ruins the whole thing. Don't compare it to tumah. Tumah. Sometimes you bend the rules for tumah. Maybe the reason why, if part of the group is tameh, it doesn't affect the whole group is because ah, you know sometimes we're lenient about it in certain cases and in what case there's no case where we're lenient about the flesh being Tamei there's no case of that right there's no case where we're lenient about that we're talking about where the people became Tamei where do we find a case Where the, uh, uh, where the, uh, the rule of tum'ah is suspended. In the case of tzibur, in the case of the, where the community, where the majority of the community, the majority of koanim are tamay and they could still do the avodah regardless of the, uh, of the tum'ah. Okay, so that's the, that, that's a case where we're lenient about tum'ah, so maybe that's the reason. But that's not talking about the flesh of the korban. That's talking about the people doing it. Okay, so it says, So that, that would turn out that you've worked really hard to show that the first part of the Brayta was talking about the flesh, the tum'ah of the, of the meat, and that only this, the latter part, but now it turns out that the latter part only fits, that it's talking about the tum'ah of people, because it's saying that we should compare our situation not to tum'ah, which is sometimes suspended, but to a pigul which is never suspended but tum'ah of the flesh is never suspended so how could it be talking about tum'ah of the meat of the korban it must be talking about the tum'ah of the people so it says no uh, Iba, so it, first it answers again in you're right Shem tum'ah kaparich, you're right. the first part of the Braita is talking about the meat becoming tameh and is saying the point that just because part of the meat becomes tameh doesn't mean the whole, part, the whole meat is going to become tamei, right and the latter part is saying that uh, is talking about the concept of Tuma in general, that since it's more flexible, therefore it's different than un- being uncircumcised, because being uncircumcised is not flexible. But, Vibayt Eimat, it's also possible to salvage it, because Kula Betumat Pesach, we could actually say that it's talking about the flesh too. So then what? Ve'echautra Betumat Pesach, so where where is the, uh, the you actually have Betumat Pesach, you actually have the uh, the case where Tumah is permitted, because it's not. Pesach Aba Betumah, as the com- commentaries explain, that the original supposition of the Gemara was that even a Pesach that is brought betum'ah cannot be eaten. It can only be brought, but it can't be eaten because people are tame. Now it's saying, no, even though it becomes tame in the process, they could still eat it, even though the meat became tame, because Tuma is suspended altogether. That's a, that's a big chidush because many say the assumption oftentimes is that no, it means that they could bring the korban betum'ah but once the korban becomes Tame they fulfilled the mitzvah, but they can't actually eat it. This is saying, no, they can actually eat it. Wa- of it right, in that case, they can Harari. even eat it mm-hmm. bituma because the whole purpose of Korban Pesach is to eat it. So what's the point of making it b'tum'ah and then not eating it? So the, 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 the supposition of the gemara originally was, the assumption was, that you couldn't actually eat that meat, that there's no compromise on that. But saying, no, there is a compromise even on that. So since you see that tum'ah sometimes is suspended, the rule of tum'ah is suspended even for the meat, so therefore we could say that it's more lenient than the case of circumcision. The point of the gemara was just to show that these unique situations, the, that there is a leniency with regard to Korban Pesach, unique to Korban Pesach in the area of Tum'ah, Um, in several different uh, applications not only in terms of the people because the original problem of the Gemara was that why was the Gemara more perplexed or more wondering about whether a a group of that's partially made of uncircumcised people should be treated uh, leniently and it was obvious to the Gemara that people who were uh, a group of partially Tame people should be okay So, so that's why the Gemara got onto this and said well it can't be talking about the groups of people because there's no difference between the two it must be talking about the Korban and that's why I tried to find ways in which the tum'ah of the Korban Pesach is different than uh you know than other uh, than Tumah of other Korbanot. So it found ways that it is. For example, that even though, generally, if, a, if a, the meat of the Korban becomes Tamei, uh, you, you could still go through with the Korban. You can't do that with Korban Pesach. We also see that of Korban Pesach, is sometimes suspended, even for the meat itself. So that is a, a leniency in the framework of the tumah. Now it says, Mativ, Rav Huna, Rav Rav Huna, said, HaPesach, Shavra, Lishmo. If you have a Pesach that is over a year old. See, a, a Pesach, Korban Pesach animal has to be within its first year. So if it's older than a year, um, it's already pasul. But, but then you brought it to the Bet HaMikdash and you sacrificed it for the sake of being a Pesach. Similarly, somebody who took a different Korban on the 14th of Nisan in the afternoon. It was a Shlamim, it was a Chatat, I don't know what it was, it was anything. And he slaughtered it as a Pesach Bizmano. Okay, at the right time, but the wrong korban. So Rabbi Eliezer Rabbi Eliezer says it's invalid. Rabbi Yoshua says it would be kosher. Now, not kosher, obviously, as a uh, as a Quban pesach because it's not valid for a korban pesach. But meaning it would be pa- it would pass as a Koban shlamim oh. or whatever it was, right? What? Meaning that uh, it's not gonna it, it's not gonna pass the Quban, uh, pesach, but because it's too old to be korban pesach. Right, But it will be, uh, and the reason is this, because the whole issue is that once a Korban Pesach passes its age or passes the time, so automatically it is, uh, it becomes a Shlamim. It becomes a Shlamim. So the thing is that he's saying, if you bring this invalid Pesach and you bring it and you say, I'm bringing this L'Shem Pesach... Okay, really, according to according to Rabbi Eliezer, that will be pasul because you're bringing Korban Pesach, it's pasul. If you bring something else at the time of the Korban Pesach and you say uh, it's going to be for Korban Pesach, it will also be pasul. However, if you, uh, it, that's according, according to Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Yoshua says that it will be acceptable just like bringing any other Korban, shelo lishmo. You bring a korban for the wrong intent, like we learned in the beginning of Masechet Vachim, very first Mishnah. Every if you bring a korban shelo lishmo, not for the right reason. We brought a shlamim and you thought it was a chatat. You brought a chatat, you thought in your mind shlamim. It's kosher It shelo Just doesn't fulfill the mitzvah of the person, but it's acceptable, right? So the uh, so the fact that you did it uh, for the wrong reason, it's still acceptable as whatever it originally was, not as a korban Pesach. It's saying that if you slaughtered this korban Pesach according to Rabbi Eliezer, it's going to be pasul. But according to Rabbi Yoshua, he's not saying it's kasher as a korban pesach. He's saying that it's going to be kasher as whatever it was. So, in the case of the overaged uh, korban pesach, it will be acceptable as a shlamim. In the case of uh, whatever other korban it was, a shlamim or whatever, it will, most likely it's a shlamim because none of the other species of animal would qualify for pesach. It's more it's but more you complicated. still can have it on the pesach well, night, but uh, as, a, as a shlamim? It will be a shlamim, okay. right, exactly. They shouldn't have really brought it at that time because they're bringing it at a time you're not supposed to bring other korban old, but okay. okay. Right, yeah. But anyway, so it says, they, this Machloket is only when it's at the right time. In other words, you brought the Korban Pesach that was over, over its age limit at the time of the Korban Pesach, or you brought this other Korban, L'Shem Korban Pesach, at the time of the Korban Pesach. But everybody seemingly agrees that if you brought the Korban Pesach at the wrong time, in other words, it was overaged. And you brought it and you said, this is L'Shem Pesach on a random day in Iyar, okay? Or a random day in uh, Adar. You know, that it would be Kasher as a Shlamin. Or if you brought another Korban at any other time of the year and said, this is L'Shem Pesach on some other day. It, it will it will be Kasher, according to everybody, bediavat, just like any other Korban that you have with the wrong intention, you think of the wrong Korban, it's still Kasher. Bediavat, right? <laughs> right? That, that's a different thing. That's a Korban Pesach, just a Pesach Shani. What do you mean? I'm not sure what Pes- you're asking. Shini, you Kurban, you do yeah, of course. If you need to, only if you need to. If you need to bring korban pesach. It's the only day that you can do it. Yeah, that's the only day. Okay. Yeah, that's the, the only rules day. The pesach do not apply to pesach Shini. That's a makeup. I'm talking about the korban. The korban does the rules of the korban. The rules of korban pesach Shani would be the same of the korban. Yes, but not of the, uh, not of the, not of the holiday. You eat it on chol, basically. You you yeah, eat it. Yeah. On so what's the reason? If you see, according to Rabbi Eliezer, that a person who brings a an invalid korban pesach, an overage korban pesach, at the time of the korban pesach, if you see that um, that uh, that he and he says it l'shem korban pesach at the right time, it's Pasol. Or if he says, he has another Korban and he brings it at the time of Korban Pesach and he says it's L'Shem Pesach, it's going to be Pasul according to Rabbi Eliezer. So why at another time if he says it's L'Shem Korban Pesach, will be okay. Since we're saying that anything that potentially could be Pasul, potential is like actual, right? Potential is like actual. So since if I did this on the time of the Korban Pesach, if I did this on the afternoon of the 14th of Nisan, it would be Pasul according to Rabbi Eliezer. Why is it not Pasul now? Why is it Kasher now? So Amar Atam, Damar Krav, Va'amartem Zevach Pesachu ho behavayato lo hulashum achirim velo achirim lishmo. because the pasuk says you shall say this is the korban pesach that behavayato meaning at its time lo lishum achirim it as it is behavayato not you should never bring the korban pesach for the sake of something else. And you shouldn't bring anything else for the sake of the pesach. So it says that it's it's a, it's an even thing. In other words, a korban pesach that's done in the right time. It's the fourteenth of Nisan, You bring your Kurban, your actual korban pesach in the afternoon of the fourteenth of Nisan. If you do it l'shem a different korban, it's pasul. That's the only case where it's totally pasul because a korban Khatat and a korban pesach if they are done shelo lishmo they are done with the intent of the wrong korban they are pasul what's the reason why they're pasul? because since in those two cases the only meaning of the korban is the credit that it gives to the person either that they're going to be able to eat it or the fact that they uh, got kapara for their sin so if you did it shelo lishmo it's invalid every other korban if you did it with the wrong intention you brought a korban shlamim you said it's for an olah, you said you have an olah, you said it's for shlamim when you're doing the slaughtering or whatever any any of that so it's still kasher for whatever it originally was just that you have to bring another one. You have to bring another one. It doesn't fulfill your obligation. Okay? In the case of the Korban Pesach, it's invalid. So it's saying, at the time of the 14th of the Nisan in the afternoon. Just like if you would bring a Korban Pesach for the sake of thinking it's a chatat or thinking it's a shlamim or thinking it's whatever else, it would be pasul. So too, anything else you bring at that time, if you did it thinking it's a Korban Pesach, it would also be Pasul. That's the only time. But just like a Korban Pesach that you did not at its proper time for the sake of another Korban, like you slaughtered the Korban Pesach on a random Tuesday for a Shlamim, it would be okay. So too, if you did some other Korban for the sake of a Korban Pesach on a random Tuesday, it would also be Kasher. That's what he says. It's it's the same system. Right, so now uh, Rabbi Simlai atalek came to Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Simlai once visited Rabbi Yochanan, and Amalei netnili him more. Says I want to learn Divraya Yamin, very difficult book to, to study and full of drashot. It's like all dr- every word they have dr- many many drashot. Amalei said Meichanat. Said Where are you from? Amalei Milod. They said I'm from Lod. He said Motavach. Where do you live? Bin har-da, I'm From Nahar He said uh, No, sorry. Amale En Nidonin Lo We have a rule that we don't teach people from Lod. And people from Nahar Da'ad, the book of Devarim. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> the Kol Shekhein Da'ad Umotavach That's even worse because you not you're from one bad place and you live in another bad place. Like if you were just from Lod, we also wouldn't teach you. And if you were from Nahar Da'ad, I wouldn't teach you. But you're from Lod and you live in Nahar Da'ad. Double double bad. I won't do it. Right. So Rashi says the reason is just he didn't want to teach him. He did, yeah, he was just giving him making up an excuse. He just made an excuse. He gives two reasons. He says one reason is because he didn't want to. Uh, he just didn't want to do it. I don't know why. The other reason is because. Um, um, because actually, since they had bad yichus, they had like bad uh, lineage and all that. And Divrei Yamim is about genealogy. He didn't want to teach it to him because I guess maybe it would embarrass him or something like that. Rabbi Simlai is the famous person that gives us the drashav taryag mitzvot. Taryag mitzvot nitnu lemoshe b'sinai. Yeah. Anyway, kafiyeh. He forced him. He pushed him. Vartzini agreed. Fine. Okay, I'll teach it to you. Fine. So amale nitnaya begimel yerchei. He said, the only thing is, I need to know it in three months. I don't have that much time. Teach it everything in three months. <laughs> right? Shagal <Yeah>. Kala, <laughs> <He> took, <laughs> took a piece of mud, Patak and he threw it at him. Amar Uma Bruria, the daughter of Rebbe Meir. I'm sorry, the wife, rather, of rabbi Meir. the rabbi Right? She was the, she was the, the daughter of, of one of the Tanaim. Right? And uh, Rabbi Chana bin Tradion, and she was the wife of Rabbi Meir. Tetania telat mea shematetah biyoma migilom arav Who learned three hundred like pieces of Talmud or or wow. uh, subjects from three hundred rabbis in a day? Vafilachi and even that lo yatsay dechovadav telat She didn't learn very yemim. It took her three years. And you I'm think bad, you're going to be better? Vatamad b'tlatayachai. You think you're going to be able to learn it in three months? You think you're smarter than her? Right? So, so that was his rebuke, but I guess they continued together, as they were learning, I'm changing the subject for a second, he went on a tangent, okay, he said, why is it that when it comes to Korban, Pesach, if I have in in one avoda, I have in mind, and in another part, or even in the same avodah? that was a discussion in the earlier, in the beginning of the, uh, a, a couple of the Pimago, if I had in mind, for the right intention and then the wrong intention. Meaning one one part of the Avodah I thought the right intention, one was wrong, that will invalidate. But if I have in mind for both people who are able to eat it and also for people who are not able to eat it, like if I have in mind for the Goldstein family and it includes both people who are able to eat a kazayit and also not, so then how come that doesn't invalidate? But if I have in mind uh, part of the Avodah, you know, uh, for the Korban Pesach and part not, it will invalidate. So he says, He says, Look, since you're a, a, a scholar, I'll tell you. Otherwise, I wouldn't get off the topic. But I'm going to do you a favor. It says, Lishmo, Vishelo, Lishmo, Kufo. First of all, Lishmo, Kufo, it affects the status of the Korban itself. It's a reference to what is the Korban. You can't mess that up. Lochla, Vishelo, and Kufo. Whereas, who is going to eat the Korban, for whom it's being done, is not part of the Korban itself. It's extraneous to the Korban. It's not part of the Korban itself. That, so that's one difference. Right, it says lishmo Also, when it comes to lishmo veshelol you can't distinguish. Okay, it's prohibition. Meaning, it applies to the when you say lishmo, you mean the whole korban. When you say the you mean the whole korban. You can't say, well, the leg was lishmo and the and the. And the uh, because how can you do lines. There's no such concept. How could when you say, I, I want the leg? No, no, he means the part of the Korban. You can't yeah. say, oh, the, the stomach of the Korban was lishmo, and the, the, this part, there's no such thing. It's either is or isn't, right? It, so he says, similarly, but when it comes to lochlav, <laughs> you could say, look, it, some of the people I said were valid, some were not, of the recipients of the Korban. But you can't subdivide the Korban into parts that are lishmo, parts that are not lishmo, right? Also, the idea of lishmo. You say Kazai, you going to do it a different time. That's going to be law. No, that invalidates you know, the, the whole Korban. Whole, the whole korban. The whole korban it's always all or nothing. Right. With the Korban itself, it's all or nothing. You're you can't. The time. Right. So if you say. if avodot, Right. When it comes to the eaters of the Korban, Pesach, the only time you determine that is when you do the Shkita. That's when it's defined. But Lishmo has to be for all the Avodot. So any one of the four Avodot of the Korban, which is Shechita, kabbalat Adam, Holachat Adam, LaMizbeach, and Zerikat Adam, any of those four, if you have the wrong intention, you can invalidate the Korban. So it's more expensive. Also, Lishmo Also the idea of, Having in mind for the people who are going to eat the Korban is only relevant to individual Korbanot or specifically to the Korban Pesach. It doesn't have anything to do with communal Korbanot. So he's saying there's a, the reason why Lishmo and lishmo is treated more strictly is all of these reasons. All of these reasons that it's more fundamental to the status of the Korban, the nature of the Korban. It's absolute. You can't really subdivide it. It applies to all the Avodot of the Korban. It's just a more expensive category. He says, you know, by the way, really saying that the invalidation of Shiloh is uh, And saying that uh, and is, is part of the goof of the korban, it's part of the body of the korban, and also saying that you can't distinguish the prohibited from the permitted is really the same idea. In other words, the idea that the reason why it's called psilobu kufo is because you can't subdivide it. In other words, if you say shelo shmo, that affects the entire status of the korban, you don't subdivide it. It's the same thing. Right, saying that it relates to the body of the korban means you're def- you're defining something about the korban itself. Amar Rami Barav Yodah, Rami Barav Yodah said, Amarav Sefer from the day that Sefer Yochasin uh, that the that uh, the dveira was hidden. Meaning, the meaning of it, the un- understanding of it was, was lost. The, the rabbi's uh, wisdom was, their, their strength was diminished and their light, the light of their eyes was, uh, became dim. They said between the word atzel and atzel, uh, which, are the, uh, which is a pasuk in very Yamim, it's, it's very Yamim Aleph, Pasuk um, Tet and Divraya Aleph Pasuk Memdalet. These are two different uh, these are, two, oh, I'm sorry, one is uh, uh, the one is Chet Lamerchet and one is Tet Memdalet, right? Yes. Right, so that's, uh, they are one is uh, a, a perik earlier than the other one. One is Chet Lamerchet and one is Tet Memdalet. So meaning from the drashot the that they had for that one section, which is not a lot from from the end of the uh, uh, of the eighth perik to the ninth perik. Right? right from the the amount of drashot they had, it would have taken four hundred camels to carry all the drashot on its on their back to, uh, yeah, it's of course exaggeration, but it means to say that there was so much depth to Divray Yamim. Now people don't even learn Dvrei Yamim. But they had so many Drashot and Divray Yamim just on one section that it would, have had to t- it would have taken 400 camels to carry it. And, uh, and you know, they say that it's, uh, it was only given for Drashot Dvrei because mostly it repeats the history of the uh, uh, of, of the kings. But, uh, yeah. And in fact, Ibn, in fact, Abar Benel, in his commentary in Divray Yamim in the beginning, says, you know, I never really learned Divray Yamim until I came to uh, until I came to write this uh, this commentary because it's a neglected book. So you see that the rabbis really thought of it as a very profound book. All right, have a great day.